In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I first started teaching high school theology nearly 20 years ago in a small Catholic high school in northern New Jersey, I have made a commitment that if there's anything that I would like my students to remember about my class, I want them to learn about the Eucharist. And why the Eucharist is not only central to our Catholic faith, but is the real and substantial presence of Christ. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. I believe that if people cannot understand and cannot accept the Eucharist as taught by sacred scriptures and by the church, they will not accept anything else that it teaches. In the past few days, we have been reflecting on the sixth chapter of St. John's Gospel, also known as the Bread of Life Discourse. In this passage, our Lord repeatedly stated to his disciples, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Scripture tells us that at first the disciples began to complain and argued amongst themselves. They said, how can this be possible? How can this man give us his flesh to eat? How can he claim that he came down from heaven? Isn't he from that unknown town called Pittman? Surely he did not literally mean that we would have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. But what was our Lord's response? Well, his response was he doubled down. He did not modify what he said. He didn't hold a press conference and say, I'm going to clear up the air or went on Jimmy Kimmel Live to correct himself. He said, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And then he said, for my flesh is true food and my blood true drink. The words that our Lord used in the original Greek New Testament was the verb trogain, which means to gnaw or to chomp. So there is absolutely no mistake that our Lord meant, to be, meant this to be taken literally. And this is the scriptural root of the Catholic teaching on the Eucharist. We take it literally. Really, it, it's not hard to understand, isn't it? One can easily explain it from a spiritual, philosophical, and physiological perspective. If Christ is truly who He claimed to be, God can easily feed us His body and blood. And so it's not because we cannot understand or we are unable to understand it's not because his disciples could not understand. What's the problem? It's because they could not accept it. My high school students, my high school juniors, were able to do well on their test on John chapter 6. I had them explain what John chapter 6 was about and the teachings of the Eucharist. They did very well. But not all of them accepted 
the teachings of scriptures and the church. It is the truth that reemerges in every age of humanity, including our own. Time and again, it is not the intellectual difficulty which keeps men and women from becoming Christians, but rather what prevents men and women from truly living a Christian life is the moral and the spiritual demand made by Christ. Why? Because it demands an act of surrender on our part. It demands us to be subordinate to Christ. Just as we have to be subordinate to one another. Just as husbands and wives have to be subordinate to one another. That's what St. Paul was referring to. It has nothing to do which gender is better than the other. We impose our modern interpretation on scriptures. It has everything to do with mutual subordination. So that we can understand that we have to be subordinate as church, as the bride of Christ, to Christ. That's what it's about. And so, it demands, Christ demanded that we hold ourselves to a moral standard of the highest level. And the disciples of our Lord were very well aware of what, who Jesus claimed to be. Their difficulty was in accepting that as true with all its implications and challenges. And so they murmured, didn't they? This saying is hard to accept. Who can accept it? And in our contemporary world, we tend to echo those same murmurs, don't we? Those same murmurs of the disciples of our Lord. It's not because we do not understand what Scripture teaches. It's not because we cannot learn what the Catholic Church teaches and what it teaches whether it's regards to the sacraments, social justice, sexuality in marriage, or even the moral authority it claims to be. It's because some of us find difficult to accept it. And acceptance is not just an intellectual assent. It's not just being able to regurgitate on a test what you've learned in class. Acceptance means conversion. Acceptance means Conforming our will and our desire to that of Christ. This is the consequence of believing in the Eucharist. This is why when we come up for Holy Communion and we present ourselves for Holy Communion, our response is what? Amen. Amen. And what does that mean? It means I believe. I accept. I accept every consequence and challenge that Christ demands of me, which is what? To live a life of virtue, to live a life of integrity and courage. I accept that I am a sinner that needs to turn to Christ. I accept the challenges of my Catholic faith, no matter how difficult, no matter how hard. I accept the calling to be a saint. That's what we mean whenever we come up for Holy Communion. We say, Amen. But instead, sometimes when we come up for Holy Communion, 
We're not spiritually prepared. We might even find ourselves conscious or guilty of a serious or mortal sin. We come up for Holy Communion as if we're picking up our bagels at ShopRite. We pick and choose what we like about our faith. In the same way that, that we pick what flavored bagel we want. Now, I don't have a problem with many of the things of the, the church teaches. We might say to ourselves, we might say, I don't have any problem with the teachings on the Eucharist. Sure, every Catholic should be confirmed, of course. We might think that the social teachings of the church is wonderful. But then there might be some of us who say, well, the church should stay away from my bedroom. The church should stay away from my private life. Men who are celibate, who know nothing about married life and wear pointy hats, should not be lecturing me about abortion, we might say. That doesn't suit my lifestyle. It goes against my freedom. Those kinds of teachings turn people away from the church. That's why people leave the church. This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? If we are all truly honest about ourselves, all of us, including me, each and every one of us have found ourselves at times not always fully accepting Christ and the implications of what that acceptance means. That's who we are and what we are as human beings. It is hard to accept some of what the church teaches. It's contrary to our human instinct, to our ideas of human freedom. And we might even fail miserably from time to time. But what does our Lord tell us? The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. It is the spirit that will enable you to accept. You're not going to be able to accept the teachings, my teachings, unless you're willing to receive the Spirit of God. For the flesh is of no avail. And so the question presented before us today is this. Are we willing to accept the challenges of striving to live a Christian life? Are we willing to conform ourselves to what the Eucharist stands for? Are we willing to accept the Spirit of God to transform, to sustain, and encourage us on this difficult journey of holiness? Or are we simply going to walk away and go back to our former way of life, as some of our Lord's disciples did? Are we just going to check out? And you could almost hear our Lord asking us, the same question, do you also want to leave? I would like to think that most of us would be willing to accept the challenge. I would like to think that all of us are resolved to accept the Spirit of God and to say to Christ in the words of St. Peter, Master, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. In the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.